Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High F. I have Rabbi Karlebach on the line with me. I'd like to welcome Rabbi Karlebach, Rabbi Alex Karlebach from the Lindhurst Synagogue. I've known him for a long time and admired him for a long time. And he has put out during... In this lockdown, a series of different YouTubes. If you want to go onto them and look them up under Rabbi Karlebach, they are fantastic. And so I phoned him to ask if he wouldn't come onto my program. And our our discussion today is loss and gain during lockdown. Hello, Rabbi. How are you? Good morning, Sue. Thank you for that warm introduction. Good morning to all our listeners. Good. And if you want to SMS us, you can on 34519. I'm sorry that we have started a bit late. We are trying to find meaning within that, Rabbi and I, but we can blame Skype. Um, but I would like to thank Bussy, DJ, Flo and Craig for actually keeping us on air. And today we're going to be discussing, as I said, loss and gain during lockdown. Rabbi Albert Einstein said this, People like you and I, though mortal of course, like everyone else, do not grow old no matter how long we live. We never cease to stand like curious children before the great mystery into which we were born. Beautiful. It is beautiful. And I think having listened to your podcasts, more and more I have realized this great mystery into which we are born. And today we're going to discuss that, but I think already Craig is saying, uh, uh, no, someone's actually sending me messages to say, aren't you going on today? But yes, we are, we're on live. Okay, Rabbi, tell me about what's been happening to you. You've been having to deal with a lot of losses in your community and other communities during lockdown. How has it actually affected people? Yeah, that's a very um, sad question in a way as to how how people have been affected. Um, There have been quite a few losses uh, not all from COVID, but uh, as uh, as life progresses, there is always loss. And on the one hand, it has made it very difficult. Is South Africa, the country that it is, has a lot of family overseas, and uh, they normally would be here to spend their time as, let's say, their parents get ill and to pass away and would want to be at the funeral, would want to be able to sit shiva, and uh, they are unable to. And similarly, people who who live here, who have loved ones in hospital, and want, want to spend some time with them, some quality time with them in their last hours, and that hasn't been uh, possible either. And uh, so too the prayers and the shiva 
which does a lot to help people come to terms with their loss and move on, that has been very difficult as well. So seeing being in these circumstances has made loss more difficult on the one hand than under normal circumstances. That is, it, is the one hand. The other hand to look at is what we do have and what we are able to do in these limited circumstances. And, and what, what is that that you are able to do? First of all, we, you know, the serenity prayer. Yes. yes. God grant me the strength. Yes. <laughs> There are certain things in our control and there are certain things that are not in our control. To come here, unfortunately, if you're overseas, is not in our control. But look at the difference between 2020 and even the beginning of the century in 2000. Look at the technology we have. Look at the fact that uh, today... I'd say most funerals are handled on technology, be it Zoom, Skype, WhatsApp, Facebook, but the people are able to be there, if not physically, but certainly participating and observing and, and being a part of all the uh, funerals, which is a tremendous thing. Absolutely. As you said, the beginning of the, well, 20, 30 years ago, it certainly would not have happened. But that's very much the resilience of people as well, isn't it? That they are finding ways to, to connect. Uh, because Judaism, one of the things that have always really meant so much to me in Judaism, especially as a convert, have been the rituals that come with, um, with death, with um, with all everything, with our celebrations, with our sadnesses, there are rituals that are that are connected to each and every one of them, and and those are uh, communal often, and um, and and that's what has been lost during this time of of um, of. of Death when someone has died. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, one of the members of our, our show, Mark Bora, a very much loved member, passed away. And the minion men of the show are really struggling. Leon, my husband, is one of the minion men. And, you know, normally they would be there talking to each other about Mark and what he meant to them. And, and this time it's, it's it's a, it's a lonely time for them to actually come to grips with their grief. That, that is so correct. Uh, you're, you're right about that. And I don't know that there's a way of getting around that aspect. They do have at times like Zoom prayers. I've even been on a Zoom bar mitzvah on Sunday night where they are doing their utmost and their best to give people a platform to do exactly as you're saying. Uh, I mean, this bar mitzvah, there was 200 families all mm. over the world who were participating in this bar mitzvah. So on the one 
it's been very, very difficult. On the other hand, because of this, this kind of Zoom, you have people participating in the bar mitzvah that never would have unless Absolutely. they flew out to San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and they are seeing them live and they're being a part and parcel of it. It certainly mm-hmm. is not the same as the physical presence, but uh, as as the serenity prayer says, to learn to to be able to do our best in those things that we can control and Absolutely. try and things that we can't control. That's so true. Just now I'm going to ask you to read that, that uh, serenity prayer. Do you remember it? But right now we, we have to go to ad break. Just don't talk during the ad break to anybody because it comes over on the air. And we're going to ad break and then I've just got to uh, read an ad break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Rabbi, have you re- are you back there, Rabbi Karlebach? Yes, and uh, I looked uh, up the serenity prayer. Right, and <laughs> <laughs> read it for me, but, please. But just before we read the serenity prayer, I think it, it, it really can use an introduction. Because it starts with the word God Almighty. And whatever we are discussing, be it about difficulties, being about lockdown, be it about loss, be it about simchis, be it about life in general. You discuss the soul, you discuss any aspect of life. There has to be the introduction that there is so much more to the universe than that which the physical can discern. And that there is a spirituality, there is the Almighty who is looking after everything. And it is only with that premise, I think, that one can begin to accept anything like the serenity prayer. Mm. And the prayer says, God Almighty, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. But on the computer, that was the one I knew. There, it actually goes further. And it says living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as God does this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that God will make all things right if we surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with God Almighty forever and the next. That's what it says here is the serenity prayer. Well, that's very beautiful. And, you know, it actually brings me to something that you discussed on one of your uh, YouTubes, and that was walking in the uh, Kruger Park. Mm. And you actually, you know, you did say it's not a perfect world, and we, we can't expect it to be a perfect world. It is an imperfect world. But we if we look at it through softer eyes, through eyes um, of realizing there's something greater in the world, I 
think perhaps it helps us deal with unprecedented change, which is what we're facing in COVID-19 right now. Will you just tell me, uh, tell everyone listening in about your experience in walking in the Kruger Park? <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Um, the introduction to that experience and why it was, became meaningful to me is that what is the purpose of human beings? We know that everything in life is created by God Almighty and everything has a purpose. The interesting thing about the human being is, uh, and I'll tell you the story of Kruger Park and then I'll, I'll put it into context. Mm -hmm. uh, we went on a walking tour in the Kruger Park many, many years ago. And we had a, a wonderful scout, and he didn't only show us the animals, he also taught us about the way, if you want to call it, of the jungle and how the animals live, their little highways that they meet and make, and how you could survive in that, in, in, in the wild. And then he showed us a grass, which is very tall. And he said that there are different animals survived by this grass. So one animal has to come and eat the top third. Another animal comes to eats the middle third. And the third animal species comes and eats the bottom third. If the first animal wouldn't come to eat the top third, the other two would starve. So he said the ecological system of the world is actually perfect in the way it works. The only ones who have the ability to destroy the ecology of the world is the human being. If not for the human being, the world would run perfectly. That was basically what he taught us. Mm -hmm. And the question is why? And the answer is that everything in the world that exists is actually, as the Talmud teaches us, created for the sake of the human being. The human being is then created for the sake of perfecting the world. When God says, let us make man, as Rabbi Tversky says, Nasa Odom, he doesn't say, I will make man. He says, let us make man. And Rabbi Tversky actually wrote a whole book called Let Us Make Man, one of his earlier books. Mm -hmm. is the fact that God created an incomplete world for the human beings to complete it. We are the only ones with the ability to complete and to fix and to bring the world to a state of perfection. But, as Rab Nachman of Breslov says, if you want to give somebody the world uh, the ability to perfect things, he also has to have the ability to imperfect things, to destroy things. Because if he's not mm -hmm. given the ability to do both, then he has no effect at all. And that's why mm -hmm. the ecology of the world is perfect, because no one else has the ability to perfect the world. Therefore, mm -hmm. they can't destroy the world. The mm -hmm. only ones who have the ability of free choice and fixing the world is the human being. And in order for them to have the ability to fix, they also have to have the ability to destroy 
and have freedom of choice. Another difference between human beings and all other creations of the world is that the human being is the only one that could go against his instinct. The sun, the moon, the stars, everything in the universe follows an instinct, follows the way it was created. The only ones with the ability to go against their instinct is the human being. And that's because he has the ability to either choose to fix or to destroy. And which, which has, I think what you're saying also is it's manifesting the divine within us. It's Definitely. actually finding that spark of, of of the divine, which, which is in within all of us. And, uh, you know, in one of your uh, um, talks, you also, you spoke about reincarnation. And I think this is a very big subject because, sorry, I'm sure you can hear um, um, a, a, a alarm going off, and I think it's our alarm. Just hang on a sec. Hello. Funny, I didn't hear it till you mentioned it. Okay, sorry. No, it's it's a mistake. It, it went off by mistake. Thank you, um, 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 Sebi. Thank you. Bye. Well, it seems to have gone off now, but if it goes off again, I'm sorry. Uh, um, you know what? I I haven't got anyone here with me, um, and this, so there was no one to turn off or turn on the alarm. So heaven knows why it went off. Anyway, we won't be worried about that. Sorry about that. But, Rabbi, you know, what often amazes me is that many Jewish people don't actually realize that a fundamental belief in Judaism is reincarnation. Right. Um, can, can, do you mind if I go back two steps before we get to reincarnation? Yes. Are we going back to the grass or where are we going uh, back? We are going back to that although... On one hand, it is much more difficult today to be alone and not to have that shiva and group. I'd like to focus on what we do have, on on the positive that we have. In everything in life, we have to either focus on what we don't have or focus on what we do have. Mm-hmm. We focus on what we do have, we can uh, find a lot of blessing and a lot of positivity in. And we go beyond ourselves, really, and uh, and our lives become much richer because of it. Right. So one thing I'd like to focus on, for example, is the sad fact that we cannot say Kaddish today, which is very, very difficult. And also, as you mentioned, a tremendous growth when one does say Kaddish. Many people only start to come to shul. Many only people only started the the social group that they have in the morning and in the evening by meeting up for Kaddish. And it's become very difficult for them not to be able to say Kaddish. They also want, they understand, as I describe on one of the tapes, that there's a journey that the soul goes through. After it leaves the physical plane, just as there's a journey the soul goes through from the spiritual plane into the physical. There's also a seven-step journey that the soul goes through after it passes away. 
And this journey is helped immen- immensely by the children, by the loved ones here doing good things on behalf of their loved ones. And one of the main things that the Talmud teaches us is Kaddish. And many people understand that, believe that, and would like to help. And here they are in a circumstance that they can't say Kaddish. So how do they handle that aspect? One thing I would say is, especially if you are a male relative, the thing you can do without a minion is put on tefillin. And so every male should put on tefillin every day. And while they're putting on their tefillin, at least say the Shema and think to yourself that this is my Kaddish. May God look at this mitzvah of tefillin and may the tefillin accomplish everything that the Kaddish is going to accomplish. And here you have part of the serenity prayer. I have to accept the things I cannot change, which is saying Kaddish with a minion. And one needs a minion for the Kaddish to be effective. Just to recite those words without a minion is not very meaningful. And the courage to change the things I can do, which is that making it a daily habit to put on your tefillin, saying the Shema and recognizing that this mitzvah, under these circumstances, takes the place of my Kaddish. So that is a positive thing you can do. And it's a finding your own meaning within that situation and within that loss and feeling that you are doing something positive for the soul. 100%. 100%. And so to all all women, all females, can, can do something in that aspect. And here I'd like to, to, to also say when we focus on the positive, we should focus on how blessed we are to be living in South Africa, to be living in Johannesburg with the Hever Kadisha that we have. I cannot express enough gratitude, admiration and respect for the Hever Kadisha, for our David Weber, for Philip Kalmanovitz, and the way they help people under these circumstances, the way they handle people, the sensitivity and the tremendous respect and dignity that everybody is given. And Sue, as we mentioned uh, in in our conversation, one of the terrible things, God forbid, that one can do for a loved one is put them through a cremation. The Torah commands us to, 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 to bury, and there are many, many reasons which are beyond this subject right now. But I've seen that one of the reasons people cremate overseas, Jewish people, is financial reasons, because mm-hmm. they can't afford a funeral, and it's mm-hmm. so much more expensive than a burial. Thank God. We have the organizations we do in Johannesburg, this wonderful Hever Kedisha, the wonderful cemetery. We don't have such a thing as a pauper's grave. Every Jew, whatever their financial situation, whatever their family situation, 
I have buried people who are all alone, had no family here whatsoever. And the Hever have a WhatsApp call. When they are in those circumstances, they just call people and say, we have a mess mitzvah, a, a dead person who needs the mitzvah of a, of a minion by the funeral. And these volunteers give up everything and, and come out of their lives to make up a minion at the cemetery. And we, they bury them with full honors, full dignity as any other, even the wealthiest Jew in, in Johannesburg. And this is something that you don't have in the rest of the world to this extent. Here it is one phone call over there to call a funeral home, to organize with a, with a cemetery. And sadly, I've heard overseas, you can't bury your loved ones unless you pay cash in advance. Mm-hmm. But what so we don't appreciate the, necessarily the positivity and the blessings that we have. And as I say, at this time, it's very, very easy to get into depression by focusing on what we don't have, focusing on the difficulties and obstacles that families have to overcome. And I'm not undermining it in any way. It has become more difficult financially, socially, school-wise, in every other aspect. But, as the prayer says, we have the choice on which focus. And where our mind is, says the Baal that's where we are. We could focus on the negativity and become negative and affect all the people around us negatively. Mm-hmm. But we can try and focus on the positive, which is much more difficult. So it's but, not the challenge that actually it's that that leads to the growth. It's actually how we respond to that challenge. No question. And Craig is sending me a message to go to break. And then we've got a, a very short YouTube by Rabbi Tversky, which I think you'll enjoy. Okay, thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We're now going to be listening to Rabbi Tversky, a very short YouTube on uh, um, on suffering. One of the mysteries of life is suffering. Now, if people just believe that the world is an accident, there is no God, whatever, and suffering happens, so it happens, right? So there is no purpose in suffering, it just happens. If a person believes that the world was created by God and that God controls the world, then become what becomes very serious, and that is a benevolent God and a benevolent God, why does he allow people to suffer? Right. How can I trust the God who allows people to suffer? My answer to that partially came uh, from a uh, incident that happened in pediatrician's office. Right. There's a in the waiting room. There's a little child, happy child, you know, bubbly, playing, smiling, and he came in. Who the mother brought him for his second or third immunization. Well, as soon as the doctor came out in his white coat, the kid took one look at the doctor. Yeah. He knows what to go in this guy. This guy's up to no good. Right? It's the guy who goes around stabbing little kids. Right? So he holds on to his mother tightly. Right? 
And the mother picks him up and walks into the treatment room, right? And he starts kicking the mother, right? And he can't understand how what happened with my mother. Why is she doing this to me, right? He has no way of understanding that this pain that he's going to go through is going to uh, somehow save his life. The interesting thing is, after the doctor stabs him, gives him the shot, the child grabs the mother. Right? And I said, well, why are, you, why are you trying to find security in your mother? Isn't she the one who collaborated with the monster? Yeah, the can't, child can't figure that out. Right? But he knows that his security is in the mother. When I suffer, I don't understand why God is doing this to me. I feel I don't deserve it. Right? And I may be angry at God. But even if I'm angry at God, it's like the child with her mother, he's still my security. I don't understand it. I don't think that if we believe that God runs the world, that we can ever have an understanding of suffering that makes sense. I just have to leave it up to faith. God knows what he's doing. I don't understand it. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Rabbi Alex Karlebach. And our time is going very quickly because we we went we started late. But Rabbi, are you there with me? Yes, I'm there all the way. How can you argue with Rabbi's words? Mm-hmm. And um, again, this is what we began with: to understand that there is more than what we see with our physical eyes. That takes place in the universe. Now you wanted to discuss reincarnation. What aspect you wanted to discuss? You know, no, just the fact that um, you told the story of the two brothers. We can't actually probably we don't have time to tell. No, the two friends. Two and friends. I love that story about. You uh, really listen. I'm a very good listener of your YouTubes. I love them. And I want to tell anyone listening in that please listen to the latest one, I think it was, of of these two friends. And you'll get an understanding of reincarnation through that. Because reincarnation is a bit too too long to go into now. I think it's it's, it's on its own. It's a whole program on its own. But I think just to realize that we're not here by mistake and even the fact that you and I are connecting today is is meant to be. Um, and I think it's seeing our lives and see even and putting COVID into perspective even of seeing that we're all in this. It's a collective pandemic. It's not something happening in Israel or Iran or South Africa. It's a collective global uh, pandemic. And as far as reincarnation is concerned, I don't know if you agree with me, but we're all in this together for whatever reason. We certainly are. We're all individuals in the human being, in the universe, but and collective. But what you are touching on, perhaps, is a very cardinal teaching of Hasidus and the Balshemt of the founder of the Hasidic movement, called Hashgacha Pratis, which is divine providence. The Rambam, Maimonides wrote, Ein Mikro Nikro, there are no accidents that happen in the world, and everything is with a purpose. But the Baal Shem Tov took it one step further. Not only are we not born by, by accident, and not only are not any of our human lives by accident, but he went as far as saying, 
that everything in the universe is interconnected. To the degree, he said, do you have any idea how many leaves there are in the world, Sue? No. I bet you even if you Googled it, that's one thing Google wouldn't even know. Absolutely. How many leaves there are in the world. Mm-hmm. And then there are live leaves and then there are disconnected leaves. Mm-hmm. And he, the Baal Shem Tov said, every time a leaf flies in the wind, any leaf, and it lands, whether it lands on one side or another side, is not random. It's not an accident. It is designed by God Almighty, and it affects the entire universe. We are all interconnected, not just humans, everything, including the dead leaves. So his students were a little skeptical, and they wondered, how can the flying of a leaf affect anything in this world? And he told them to follow that leaf. And they followed one of the leaves that were flying, and they saw that it landed on top of an insect that was being dried up by the sun. And the Baal Shaktiv said, the soul of that instinct, because everything has a soul as well, was crying to God to give it protection from the heat. So God designed that leaf to help give it that protection from the sun. So we are all interconnected. That's actually a very comforting thought. It really is. And it fits in very much with quantum physics. You know, that if a butterfly's wings flap in Guatemala, you're going to have a hurricane somewhere else uh, or whatever. You know, that interconnectedness. I think it's it really steers us into, you know, the, the human capacity to actually creatively look at our lives and see how what we can take from our lives to grow and to continue to grow and and to look around us meaningfully and especially in this time of lockdown to actually look around us and see what we haven't noticed before. Perhaps, as you say, in a leaf flying through the air or, or an insect crawling. And it also gives us an opportunity to do a tremendous amount of good because at the time that we are living Many, many people are struggling, many more than there were before. And those people who, who, who are, have the ability to share and to help can literally save lives, especially in this country with the the starvation that's going on and with, with the shutdown that's going on and to recognize the interconnectedness that we are, and the ability, with just a little even, to help and to touch and improve so many lives around us. You know that Rabbi Jonathan, Lord Jonathan Sachs said, small acts of kindness can change and humanize our world. And on that, Craig is saying we're going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm here with Rabbi Alex Karlebach, and our time is going very quickly, but what 
I would like you to do actually talking about helping and reaching out to others and the interconnectedness. You told the story. You said, heard the story of the rabbi, the imam, the pastor, and the SA rugby legend walking into a spa together. Would, would you like to just tell us a bit about that? Sure, sure. <laughs> I love that. One, yes. one of uh, my special friends, congregants, members, is is the most wonderful benefactor by the name of Gavin Variges. Uh, Gavin Variges, I would say, lives to bring a smile and a help to people's faces. He is the, uh, the president of SAL, called the South African Rugby League, but he lives to make people happy. And when he saw this lockdown and he saw what is happening around and how people literally are starving, he put this group together and he goes to, to the, um, spa and he just has volunteers. They buy just trolley full of foods, staples. And then they, they, it was at the wedge. They take the driveway and they, they put it into packets. And at first they just handed it out to people on the street, just random people doing kindness. And then he had the idea, uh, he's a congregant of mine and he's friends with the imam and the pastor is one of the machas. I forgot his name at the South African rugby pastor league. Pastor Pierce Peace. That's it. And who is the imam? <laughs> <laughs> and the imam uh, is Ashraful, uh, no, it's Mulana Suhail. Wow. Imam Mulana Suhail. Is it right? And, yeah. And so he had the idea of, of putting the, all the religions together, the main religions of South Africa and spreading this love and kindness. I had the privilege of joining up with Yehuda Lazarus, Yehuda Lazarus of Moshe's butchery. He had a pet uh, charity that he helps thousands of families in Alexandra mm-hmm. with, with everything. And they brought blankets and food. So he brought a whole, a whole van full of, of volunteers to help load this up. And, and Gavin doesn't start. That was one week that we did it together. But then he, he does it every week at the wedge with different organizations. I have no idea because you're talking about a lot of money every week in what they spend. And, and he keeps doing it. He, he, he just, he is a person who loves bringing a smile to another person's face. You know, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe says, there are many pleasures in life. The lowest pleasure is, is food. Then there is music. There is a beautiful smell. There is socializing. There is contemplation. There is understanding. There is understanding of something, but he says the greatest blessing of pleasure is that when you take pleasure in helping another human being. 
And and I feel that's what Gavin is about. And that's that's where we're going to have to end, I'm afraid. Uh, Craig saying wrap up. But you're quite right, and we are stronger together. We're stronger interconnected. And, Rabbi, carry on doing your wonderful work. Thank Uh, you. And and I'll go on listening to your YouTubes. We're going to have to get together again. There's a lot more to discuss. Wonderful. we, we are ending with a song, Together is Better Than One. It's something that Simon Sinek wrote. But I would also like to just mention that Dr. Jessica Webster um, is on at the Goodman Gallery, her, her art. She, is a, she definitely embodies the defiant power of the human spirit. She was severely injured in a home invasion. She, her uh, exhibition is on at the moment. She's a very well-known artist. And is my cousin Christopher Webster's daughter. And if you would like to go and visit the exhibition, you can go onto the uh, Goodman Gallery website and make a time, book a time to actually go and see it. I'll definitely be going myself. Uh, this, as I say, she she will be coming onto my show. She has been on a few times and is embodies the divine power of the human spirit. Rabbi, may we all find our own defiant power of our own spirits and reach out to one another in healing and health and and safety. Thank you so much for coming on my program. Well, thank you, Sue. Thank you for the opportunity. Be well. Be well. I will speak to you later.